For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like every episode of this podcast delivered to your email inbox, click on the Substack link in the episode notes. If you would like to give Gabriel some gas money, you also have the option to subscribe for $5 a month. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. A ba 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 ran. A ba 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 ran. Ba ba Oh, 1.21 a.m. Driving home for, uh, after a couple of hot shows at Club Comedy in Seattle. They were pretty hot. They were good shows. I like that room. Nice little 90-seat room. I call it a little 90-seat room, even though I never got more than 50 people to come. 50 people in a room that sits 90 feels pretty good, though. 50 people in a room that seats 300, not as good. This is one of those nights where everyone on the freeway appears to be intoxicated, except for me. Gotta keep your head on a swivel when you're on I-5 at 1.22 a.m. I just passed someone when I'm getting on the freeway where the front right panel of their car was smashed and it looked fresh, like it had clearly happened recently. But they were still like partying in the car blasting music and I'm like that's a level of partying I've never been a part of where you're like we've been in an accident but let's not let it ruin our night what song were they blasting from their busted up Honda Accord a ba 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 brand all the kids love Beach Boys sampled Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys yet? Has Jay-Z done that? He did Hard Knock Life. When I heard, I, that's been out forever, but I actually like that Jay-Z Hard Knock Life song. Uh, I also like the one where uh, he samples, uh, it's not even sampling, he's like rapping over the song. Uh, forever young I want to be forever young. But both of those songs, we don't talk a lot. We don't talk about rap a lot on this podcast. And by we, I mean me and you. And that's because I don't know a lot about rap. But sometimes the Hard Knock Life song and the Forever Young song that Jay-Z raps over, it kind of sounds like a joke. Like, before I heard the song, before I heard... Jay-Z's version of Hard Knock Life from the Annie play. I thought jokingly, like, what is it? Like, people are just like, it's a hard knock life. While Jay-Z goes, uh, uh. And yeah, that is kind of what happens for a lot of the song. 
He should do more plays. Where's Jay-Z's version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh, oh, Chitty Chitty. Seventy-six trombones in the big parade. Oh, oh. Speaking of rapping plays, am I allowed to say, I mean, my daughter would disown me for this opinion, but are we, are we allowed to say that, uh, this is going to hurt some feelings. This is going to hurt some feelings. Uh, I thought Hamilton sucked. Corny raps about American history. Like a, a dorky science teacher. Or a dorky math teacher who <laughs> makes up raps to help the kids learn. I can see by the look on your face that you're excited to learn about shapes. You're like, this is the worst geometry teacher in the history of the world. That's what Hamilton felt like to me. I mean, I get... Yeah, I don't know. Better than that, but I just didn't love it. I didn't get it. I didn't think the songs were that catchy. My favorite song was the one that went, Hamilton, oh, oh. Went to my brother's uh, new apartment today. He's getting a divorce. It's not your business. Why bring it up? Why bring it up? It's not, it has nothing to fucking do with you. How dare you talk about my family like that? Anyway, my point is I went to his uh, apartment, actually in the uh, Capitol Hill area. Man, what a view! The Space Needle. Water, boats, sure the freeway, but you know. I mean, it's the kind of apartment that, like, if they made a movie about Seattle, it would be. It's like Frazier's apartment. The view is incredible. Maybe I should have got a tech job. Maybe if I would have had a science teacher who rapped, I could have got more into computer science and learned. I did learn about computers when I was in school, but the level we learned at is hysterical. We, when I was in grade school, we were like the first generation ever to go to like computer class. And we would go and work on our Apple IIEs. That I think the, either either the the either it was green, like the tight the letters were all green, or they were all amber. I think there was different versions. And uh, we would learn like real basic programming and stuff. I don't remember what we were learning, but whatever it was, it was irrelevant ten minutes later. But. Yeah, I even remember at the time the teachers are like, well, I guess they got you kids going to computer class, they're calling it. So let's head on over there. I took typing.
typing too. I don't know if they still offer typing. They must. They're always trying to get my girls to do shit. They're always trying to get my girls to have interest in math and science and uh, programming. There's a big push to get girls to be programmers, which I think some are. <laughs> my girls aren't. They're not biting. You can't tell a eighth grade girl. You should get into programming. It's a really good job. They don't care. You can't get a, whatever, a 13, 14 year old to like make good career decisions. She doesn't care, but she does great in science and math. But she does, she's not going to be a computer science person. My daughter who's going to be a freshman, Maisie, she's she wants to be on Broadway. She's not... She doesn't want to program. The sun will come out tomorrow. Oh, oh. Thanks, Jay-Z. I just think that's kind of funny to get whatever junior high level girls to get fired up about a future in programming <laughs> it's weird to think about what your kids might do for a job someday I mean my son's going to school to be a teacher uh, but they'll probably all do a lot of things you know I've been a comedian for 21 years, but I, you know, I took some time off to deliver groceries and really focus on my family. That's not true. It was a pandemic, but I think we worry about our kids too much in that way. Like, what are they going to do for a living? And it's like, well, what did we do? We fucked around for a decade. I worked in a bunch of restaurants. It was, you know. I was not career-minded at all until I was at least 29 years old. No, that's not true. 28 years old, because that's when my son was born. That'll smack you in the face. And that's why I did the very responsible thing when my son was born and really focused on being a professional comedian. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, that's why I don't have a view of Seattle. I don't get to look at the space needle from my back balcony. I get to look at my back fence with my stupid cat running on it. It's actually a nice backyard. You should come over sometime. We have junior cornhole. 
in the backyard. We didn't know it was Junior Cornhole. We just wanted to get Cornhole, but we ordered it, and it's Junior, which is like a smaller version. But I'm getting into it. I don't know how good I am, but I find it very relaxing. I've been going out to the backyard every day and just playing cornhole by myself. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> Honey, we caught you playing cornhole in the backyard. For God's sakes, someone's going to call the cops. Uh, that's what my wife sounds like. For God's sakes, honey. I like cornhole. I want to get the, uh, the adult-sized version. It's a little early to talk about going pro, but, you know, we'll see. I'll be honest, so far I'm fucking dominating my family at Cornhole. So if that's any indication. We're getting to the point in the summer where we need, uh, we need school to start. Kids are getting a little squirrely. Oh, I talked last episode about how my uh, my dry bar comedy clips and the whole special has been released on Facebook. And so I got, I don't know, I guess on Facebook probably in a week I got on those clips. Uh, I don't know. 300,000, 400,000 views. And in case you're curious, what, let's call it 400,000 between the two clips they put out. Let's say I got 400,000 views in a week. How many new Facebook followers on my fan page did that equate to? I don't know, 70? Not as many as you'd think. But I did get some new ones, and it was kind of funny because a lot of them, I would, you know, I get these notifications that I, uh, I got these new followers, and I always wonder, especially because they came over from a dry bar comedy clip, which is clean comedy. What's the first thing they're gonna see on my page? Uh, and at the time, when I got a lot of new followers, the, the what I had on my page was, uh, I did this show at the Four Horsemen Brewery. In uh, Kent, Washington, but someone took a picture of me, and my head was in front of the O and the R in the word horseman. So, four horsemen brewing with my giant head in the way looked like it said 4H semen. So I had, I had posted that picture and said, like, always, you know, had fun at the 4-H Seaman fundraiser. So that was making me laugh, think about, thinking about people who were like, well, that was a good, enjoyable, clean comedy clip. You know what? The, <laughs> all these kids, all these newfangled comedians with their sex talk and their potty language, it's good to see some good old-fashioned family entertainment. I'm going to go like his pain. Oh, dear Lord. 4-H semen. Well, I'll pray for him. <laughs> <laughs>
just had a drink of my uh, delicious uh, Aquafina water that I stole from Club Comedy in Seattle. And I don't, I wear glasses. Well, you gonna call me four eyes? You gonna make fun of me because I wear glasses? Rude. Oh, I mean, I've worn glasses. I, I, I got glasses in fourth grade, which used to be early to get glasses because we didn't have screens back then. We had to stare at the sun. That's how old I am. I went in to get... I went in to get glasses in fourth grade and they were like, now they ask, do they look at screens a lot? Back then they were like, has he been looking at his reflection in a pond? Because uh, his eyes seem damaged. By the way, my daughter Olive, when she got, she got glasses very young. And they're like, does she look at a lot of screens? And my wife and I were both like, I don't know. What? what? I mean, why is her voice so high? one to three minutes a day she looks at a screen yeah our kids look at screens what are we Amish anyway I've had glasses since fourth grade but I've worn contacts since ninth grade And, uh, you know, I'm old now, and so my reading, I need reading glasses more than I used to. Whatever that is, farsighted, nearsighted, it's the opposite. It's not fiction. I have, uh, I have nonfiction vision problems. Uh, and so... I could wear contacts that I could see the world very well with, but I would also need to have reading glasses. And I'm like, what's the point of that? That's, that seems dumb. I'm not just going to carry reading glasses around. My other option with contacts, it's like bifocals or, uh, you know, for a while I tried one contact is for reading, one's for far away. And it works. I mean, I can see, but it's not great. So I got my new prescription for contacts. I'm like, this is fine. But at the same time, this is a few months ago, I also got new prescription for my glasses, which I hadn't gotten in a long time. And when I put those glasses on, I was like, holy shit. Now I can see the world is beautiful again. I'm gonna go stare at my reflection in the water. I'm gonna go stare at the sun now that I can see it so clearly. It was like when I got my first high definition TV looking at myself in the mirror, like I look like shit. Let me put my contacts back in. But I could see and so, I kind of started wearing glasses all the time, uh, progressive lenses, you know what I mean? So they, have, you know, I can read and <clears throat> look far away. The problem, though, the reason I brought up the water is I had a swig of my water, and with progressive glasses, like, I tilt my head back, and then I realize I can't really see that well. Because I'm looking at the bottom of my glasses. 
That's what progressive lenses are like. It's like you have horse blinders on. You can see very well, but with limited range. But I was wearing them all the time except comedy shows. I don't know, I just felt weird about wearing glasses on stage. Uh, but I finally gave up. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm driving to the gig, taking my glasses off in the car, putting my contacts in in the car. I'm like, this is stupid. So I just wear my glasses now uh, on stage. And it's been fine. It's actually very... Humbling's not the right word. It's, it's almost like... A good feeling. Like, like, to me, wearing glasses on stage was like... Well, people are going to be pretty shocked when they see me on stage with glasses. People are gonna be like, what, you wear glasses now? No one gives a shit, no one said anything, no one cares. It's like getting a haircut. Where you're like, well, everyone's gonna notice this, and then they don't say anything. That's how I felt about wearing glasses, specifically on stage, I'm like, People need to see my eyes. They're so expressive, as if they're not behind clear lenses. I'm not wearing sunglasses on stage. I just, uh, I had to laugh at myself, like I'm such a douche. Like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna wear glasses on stage. Accept me, world. And then the world's like, what? Who gives a shit? Tell me some jokes, nerd. So anyway, if you see me wearing glasses and you're not used to it, just know I can see you better now. And you look amazing. Unless I'm tilting my head back to drink and then I can't really see you very well at all. Getting old's fun. I actually have to get my first, uh, I don't know what, they, they, they signed 45 is the age to get your butt checked out for things. <laughs> I got in the mail from Kaiser Permanente a bag I'm supposed to shit in and mail back. <laughs> Thank you for nodding, I feel so alone right now. I'm like, this is what, this is what we do? This is. And the bag is very small. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I never thought in my life I would ever want to call my doctor and be like, can I just shit at your place? <laughs> I gotta write that down, that was pretty good. Do you ever switch doctors? I'm sure you've switched doctors. I had this happen with teeth and eyes. I went to an eye doctor maybe three years ago. And he was like, do you have trouble seeing at night? I was like, no. He was like, huh. Well, you might. You got some cataracts. Probably, you know, not too bad. A little bigger than they should be at your age. 
or maybe it was single cataract. I don't know how it works. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Then I went to a new eye doctor. Got my exam. She didn't say anything about night vision or cataracts. And I said something like, my last guy said, he thought my cataract was big or whatever. And she was like, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, wait, what? Same thing happened with my dentist. I went to a dentist. He's like, do you grind your teeth when you sleep? I'm like, I don't know, I'm asleep. A lot of shit happens. Snoring, gas, erections, I don't know what the fuck happens. He's like, your enamel's a little worn on your back molars. You should start wearing a night guard to bed. It costs a whole bunch of money. Or you could just go to the store and get like you know, kind of a shitty night guard, but it'll work. And so I did that. I'm like, I guess I need enamel. Sure. Went to the store, got one of those night guard things where you get it hot, you bite on it, it forms to your mouth, started wearing it at night. It's very uncomfortable and sexy. like trying to fuck with a retainer. Hey, honey, before I go to sleep, do you want to have sex? But here's what happened. I started wearing it to bed. I was trying. I need enamel. And then my bite was like clicking together in a weird way. Like my teeth were touching in an odd way. I had to go back to the dentist. He was like, have you been using a night guard? I was like, yeah. He's like, I think it doesn't quite fit you right. And so it has been working like braces and it moved your teeth a little bit too far. He had to like shave a tooth to get my bite to work again. I mean, barely at all, but still, he had to shave a tooth. So he's like, don't worry about the night guard. So I didn't. But I'm also like, well, I don't think I'm clenching my jaw. I don't know. I don't think I'm grinding my teeth in my sleep, but not. Oh, well, I guess I'll never have enamel again. And then I went to a new dentist. Thanks to my wife's insurance. Guess what they said about my enamel? Not a fucking word! I'm like, is my enamel an issue? They're like, no, you're great. What? Which is better? (laughs) Do you want the doctor who sees too much or the doctor who doesn't see enough? I mean, if I was grinding my teeth though, wouldn't you, don't you think you'd wake up with a sore jaw? I don't think I'm grinding my teeth. Or clenching my jaw was more the concern than grinding. But it's a little weird. I mean, I've talked before, like, if anyone... Any kind of construction or or work you have done on your house, the next person who comes in never likes the previous 
person's construction. They're like, well, this is what they did. That's not what you're supposed to do in the doorway. Well, that's, I don't know why they did that. It's one thing when you're talking about building a deck, but like for the human body, doctors do the same thing. What did they prescribe to you? Oh, that's not what you should have had. Can we fit, what are you guys doing in medical school? Why are you not all on the same page? Get your cataracts and enamel in order. doctors in medicine to be like one person's like you're great and the other person's like you're dying Can't, there's got to be a middle ground where you all agree I like a doctor who sees less problems I want a doctor who goes you know what you could lose a little weight but I like a full figured fella I think he looked great Your BMI's a little high, but it looks good on you. BMI, like it. Sure. You need medicine for your blood pressure, but God, your hair looks good. That's what I want in a medical professional. Also, for my children, I feel like Sometimes you get overly concerned doctors. Like, we, I had, uh, my son went to speech therapy for years. When he was little, they're like, oh yeah, he's all messed up. You definitely need to get him into speech therapy. He never talked. He never talked in speech therapy. Because he's a pain in the ass. And he was a toddler, so why would he want to? He never talked in speech therapy, but we got to stop going because she eavesdropped on us in the waiting room and she heard him talk and was like, ah, he'll be fine. He talks fine. Two years of speech therapy for no reason at all because an overly ambitious doctor was like, oh yeah, he definitely needs speech therapy. And then what's the speech therapist supposed to say? No, I don't want money. It's like going to a counselor or a psychiatrist. They're never going to be like, you know what, I don't think you need this. you got no issues to work on. My daughter, Olive, did all... She had a, uh, all my kids had acid reflux. They were all born little old men named Daryl. With acid reflux. But my poor Olive, when she was little, we did all these tests on her. We did all, she had to get a tube shoved up her nose and walk around like that for 24 hours. They did all these tests and None of it was for anything. I mean, if it was, you know, if the test goes a different way, then obviously, yeah, you're glad you took it. I don't even remember what they were looking for. But, I don't know. I don't 
understand that about medicine where sometimes it's so hard to get them to do the thing you want them to do. And then other times they're like, yeah, order all the tests. You know, my wife had a bad thyroid for 16 years. She kind of fought to get her thyroid removed. They would never do it. And then finally, uh, she found one person who would. And so she got her thyroid removed. Uh, and it's been a better quality of life since then. 16 years! She had to, like, beg people to take her thyroid out. But, like, if she wanted to switch genders, they would have done it immediately? I don't understand. That's not like a political statement. I'm just confused by medicine. It's got to be money. I mean, that's the answer to everything, but. Just passed another white Kia Rio on the road here on I-5. What's up, buddy? Your check engine light on, too? Right on. I'm rambling. Uh, I'm tired. 2.01 in the morning. This is going to come out when I'm in the Middle East somewhere. Fighting for your freedom. I mean performing for the troops. Maybe I'll write some jokes about it. There's kind of a thing in comedy. Uh, okay, I just passed another white Kia Rio. What the fuck is happening? Am I a part of an invasion? Is this a Kia Rio meetup? Uh, there's a thing in comedy that's known as kind of hack, where you go uh, on stage, the comedian will be like, I just performed some shows for the troops. And then the crowd's like, yeah, it's like a cheap applause. It's a cheap applause point. Uh, so if something uh, happens in my Middle East troop adventures, of course I will write a joke about it and perform jokes about it. But it is, I don't want that. I don't want that moment where I go, I just did some shows for the troops, and they go, good for you. I don't I don't like that pandering moment. Some comics really lean into it. I mean, not in Seattle, but different parts of the country, you know. I've heard so many comedians say like I did shows for the troops and I respect the troops because you know if they didn't do what they do then I couldn't do what I do which I have never understood that logic as far as I know there was never a battle for the future of stand-up comedy <laughs> you guys remember after Desert Storm when we uh, invaded somewhere uh, so we could keep performing comedy Operation Desert Hack do you remember that I'm not downplaying what soldiers do 
even though, you know, I don't agree with everything they do. History has proven they don't always do uh, the best thing. But that's the system. That's not the soldier. You know what I mean? That's... They sign up to do whatever they're told. That's how it work, works. And then sometimes years later you look back and you go, oopsie doodles, there were no weapons of mass destruction and whatever. Vietnam didn't really work out, did it? But I'm not downplaying the sacrifice. Look, don't give me shit. I did shows for the troops. Where were you when I was joking for our freedom? I'm over there in Saudi Arabia joking so you don't have to. You want me on that stage. You need me on that stage. Anyway, that's how I'm going to open my shows when I'm over there. It's the second hottest month of the year in the Middle East, August. So, that will be not exactly cold comfort. But I'm in 117 degree desert in Kuwait. And I'm like, last month was 118. So, thank God I got the good one. Anyway. Hopefully I'll have some tales. From my travels. Uh, Alright, thanks for listening. Tip your weight staff. Call your mom. <laughs> 